0: Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale.
1: Neighbors, everybody needs good neighbors. With a little understanding, you can find the perfect blend. It's not funny, it's not. We shouldn't do it, Mags, I'm, I'm ashamed of us. I'm ashamed like, of you as well. <laughs> Brilliant. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you may be listening. This is Chain Wrestling with Max and Sai. I am the quite disappointed, Si, because I really wanted to watch Triple H versus Shawn Michaels. Um, but that's that, never mind. Eh? Uh, and with me as always, he is the people's favourite to my corporate champion. He is the blue collar hero to my higher power. It was me all along, Max. He is a podcaster who said, hey Si, why don't we ask the listeners for stories about their neighbours this week? Yeah, that went fucking well. <laughs> Mr. Mags, how are we doing, sir? Oh, I'm doing brilliant. Uh, and yeah,
0: for for context, listeners, uh, as I've said before, Simon is the brains behind the show. He, he puts in all the graft, and he normally suggests uh, the the listener topic, uh, and I I normally just agree straight away with every single one. Uh, but this week, uh, I thought, yeah, I'll change up, and I'll actually nominate a topic, and yeah, that went down pretty worrying uh i'm actually very very scared
1: um yeah it went dark didn't it that, that topic went fucking dark jesus I was, I was expecting just like you know some silly stories about arguments you might have had with your neighbors like where mm-hmm. you know parking your car or your dog being a nuisance or something like that but this is this went sinister i mean we'll get to it in a minute but honestly where the hell do our listeners live Mm. It, you know they all want to move they need to move <laughs> Compton, I, think. I think they live in the middle
0: of, middle of Compton
1: oh my word it's yeah we'll, we'll get to that shortly but well it, I'll be honest we'll get to that shortly only if I feel brave enough I'm not gonna lie <laughs> <laughs> uh, how's your week been Max
0: yeah not too bad Um getting closer and closer to that uh, fabled May the 17th date when uh there's there, pretty much all the lockdown restrictions uh can can go ahead and we can actually go inside pubs and and stuff like that so yeah, i am uh, getting a little bit excited for that
1: yeah yeah definitely you know so it's, uh, it's going to be good being able to get out and about and see people properly again and so mm-hmm. on you know before it all does you know still go according to plan i mean they can change their mind tomorrow i guess couldn't they but yeah yeah hopefully so mate.
0: apparently gatherings of up to 30 people outside which is going to be you can actually have a proper football match.
1: I don't know 30 people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I, I'm all right with that. I, I, there's only about three people I like, you know, and there's f- I got five in my family. So I figure that one out. So
0: <laughs> well, I keep saying to, to my mates, uh, when they say, Oh, are you coping with lockdown? I've been practicing for lockdown for about 20 years. Cause I can't stand people in general. Yeah. Um, I, I always have a, a mantra from the RT crowd, uh, from Roy, uh right and he says uh people what a bunch of bastards uh,
1: yeah. that's that's just how
0: i think of people in general
1: yeah I and mean, it's weird really i mean i've said before on the show that the, the last lockdown affected me a lot worse than any of the others mm-hmm. but i think that was just purely because of my work situation yeah. um and, and the sort of agency jobs i was doing were getting me down and so on uh, apart from anything employment wise there's not masses that has changed, really, for me. I mean, I, I like going over to my sister's and seeing and seeing her family and having a few drinks with my brother-in-law and whatnot. Yeah. And obviously, I like being able to go and see my nan, and I like being able to go and see my mum and dad at theirs and stuff. So those things were took away. But the previous lockdowns, I kind of just managed with that, I kind of got on with mm-hmm. it. But this last lockdown, I sort of struggled a bit more with with that aspect. But those things aside, it's not like I go uptown. It's not like I go I I don't know clubbing on a Friday night or whatever anymore. You know, it's, it no, hasn't. I, I can't believe that. I believe you go out busting moves on, on a yeah. Friday, throwing get some your, shapes.
0: Get your get your pre-drinks in,
1: <laughs> <laughs> throwing some shapes at the discotheque <laughs> in, in my white jeans and electric blue shirt, mate. Yes, reeking of CK one. Oh yeah. <laughs> well.
0: Probably more like
1: Brute, in our yeah. no, I don't know. No, we had CK1. It was sort of late 90s when we were going out. CK1 was a oh, classic.
0: We, we were always Paco. Well, me and my crew were always Paco Rabanne guys.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay. No, we were. We, if we'd been paid, it was CK1. If we hadn't been paid, it was Lynx Africa.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the Christmas edition where you get a bottle of aftershave.
1: Yeah, that's the one. You know, hey, it worked, mate. We all did really well, the ladies, I'll tell you that. And that is a blatant lie. Um, <laughs> I had my COVID jab this week, Max. Do you know what? I had mine on Friday. My did first you? one on Friday, yeah. I had mine on Saturday. Okay, how did it go? Yeah, it was all right. You know, it's kind of weird. It's kind of a bit creepy. I mean, I understand they've got to follow. They've got to follow the regulations, haven't they? Everyone's got to be spaced out, and as one person goes in, the next person is sort of moved along to the next line, and all that stuff, and they're shouting numbers left, right, and centre. But it was kind of creepy, to be honest, because my doctor's has basically been uh, my local doctor's has basically it's stopped being used as an ordinary doctor's now, and it's just a, a vaccination centre, I guess is the term, isn't it? Um, so it's just where everyone's getting their jabs done. So you've got the waiting room, but nobody sits down. Everyone stood up and you're kind of it's like a really weird kind of science fiction sort of slash horror movie thing where people are shuffling towards these rooms that they might not ever come out of again or whatever it was it, honestly it was a really weird creepy atmosphere in there mate you know
0: yeah uh well me and me and the wife both went hours at the same time and um because we've been on lockdown for so long uh she was getting like really kind of uh Edge about being around such a group of people because like i said it's almost like a conveyor belt and uh, mm-hmm. you move along from spot to spot to spot uh so yeah she was getting really panicky um then then thinking they're actually going inve- to inject us with covid because her mindset is because she hasn't been around people uh she hasn't caught a cold so that means uh that she's more susceptible to getting covid and it's going dis- to it's going to like wreck her immune system yeah she's she went full on Karen. On oh, me in this like, this queue, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I went. I'm, I've never been someone who's uh been been uh, scared of needles. I can watch them going, and they absolutely don't bother me. Uh, so I had absolutely no after effects whatsoever. Oh, it it, it absolutely destroyed the misses. Uh, by the end of the first day, her arm was numb. Uh, but, uh, but they said you, there was a lack of. You get a list of uh, side effects that you can get. Um, and one of was that numb arm, uh, feeling nauseous, uh, flu-like symptoms, which went down well. Uh, she was really happy that you could potentially get flu-like symptoms. Uh, but yeah, she was like really sick for a good 24 hours afterwards. Um, but yeah, it, it felt so regimented. And like I said, it, it was almost like a, a dystopian horror film. Yeah, uh, with everybody in mass and everyone moving uh, um, down the line one by one. And I was actually in the middle of Burnley Town Centre. It used to be, and I can't do you know those kind of uh, shops where you can go and buy like a, a settee or a TV and you pay like so much a week? They're absolutely like, rip-off shops, um, kind of oh, like yeah.
1: Yeah, like um uh, they got like a really, really high insurance uh, sorry, interest markup, aren't yeah. they? But, but they sort kind of capital of capitalized on the sort the people who, who haven't got enough money to outlay it in one hit, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. Then it was one of those kind of shops and they could closed down because of uh, um like not having any business because of COVID. But yeah, the 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 um the vaccine said took over that shop. Uh, and you went in through the front door, and then you were like shuffled out of a back door. Yeah, but it was a, uh, it, it really did bother me. But the wife was very, very panicky. But yeah, we don't have to have our second one now till July, I think.
1: Oh, I've just been told for them to wait for them to ring me. is what mm-hmm. I've been told. So yeah. Oh, I got yeah. a
0: little card and everything.
1: Oh, you... I just get I gave that to the wife. I don't I don't know about all that paperwork stuff. <laughs> I guess I'm So I just give it to her. She organises it. She writes all the stuff down on the diary about you know. Yeah. Like when I'm when I'm um arranging who i'm speaking to for podcasts and whatever she's the one who's basically she bought she bought me a diary which has been sat at my desk um that's not been opened so (laughs) so, so she so she bought me like a little whiteboard it's sort of just a bit bigger than an a4 size and that is stuck to the desk with the marker pen like attached to it so literally as i'm messaging people and arranging when we're going to talk about things i write it up on the whiteboard so at least the wife knows what i'm doing that week otherwise i otherwise i'd probably forget she wouldn't know she'd make plans and i'd be like that nah, sorry i'm doing something so yeah any any paperwork or little cards and information from my COVID to i have i just go straight to where she sorts it all out for me like you know
0: <laughs> so part wife part secretary
1: uh yeah yeah potentially <laughs> potentially mate that's it um Lemmy made a friend this week, Mags.
0: The most um, anti-social cat in the world
1: made a friend. He's, well, he, I wouldn't say he's, he's anti-social. I'd say he's, he's socially challenged. He's, he <laughs> doesn't, I, I don't know, I watch him with other cats, and we've got other cats here. Mm-hmm. And he goes up to the other cats, like, he, especially Ozzy, my, my old, old boy Oz, he's, he's the grumpy old git he is. Uh, uh, you'll you'll go up to Ozzy to like try and say hello and Ozzy just beats the shit out of him but Lem just sits there and takes it you don't fight back or anything it's like you know the cartoons where somebody's getting their face slapped over and over and over again and they just keep keep staring straight ahead that's what what Lem looks like right whenever he goes to any of the other cats he's just that dopey and I've seen him outside as well he goes up to like the random strays that you see around and other people's cats and so on and they just kick his ass (laughs) 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 but when they finish slapping him about a bit he gets up and he's like, where are we going now then? Are we still playing? And you watch him, you sort of think, you feel a bit sorry for him. like yeah. <laughs> But I um, I called him in last night to to have his grub with the other cats. They were all stood around waiting patiently for their bowls and whatnot, making a bloody racket, and I called Lemmy in to feed him at the same time. And he comes running across the road from the social centre thing opposite um, with an- another cat with him. Like, Lemmy's been done, so it ain't anything like that. He's had the sniff. know. <laughs> but this other little cat was with him and he was me and when this other cat stopped he turned around he was meowing at this other cat and he f- followed lemmy and basically it was always like lemmy was saying come on come right mine and then ended, up, <laughs> both in my, ended these, up both in my driveway these clowns feed you all the time don't <laughs> <Yeah>, we? <worry. laughs> exactly and this other cat just came right into our driveway and when lemmy came through the front door this other cat just sort of sat there and looked at me and i was like well i don't know what you want you know but it was quite cute seeing that lemmy's actually made a mate you know it's quite it's quite nice did, He's you, not just, did you feed said mate? I gave him a few biscuits. Like I didn't do because I don't want to sort of tempt it too much. Do you know what I mean? Because if, yeah. if that's somebody else's cat, you know, you don't want to be sort of it's swiping it away. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was a that was quite nice to see, mate. My my socially challenged cat has has made a friend. Bless him. The little oh. little dozy twonk.
0: They can go to the cat community centre.
1: Yeah. Yeah, where he got stuck on the roof. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> He's a fucking. Oh, he tries me nuts. Yeah, but at the window as well. Not long ago, today, he tried to jump. Up on the, he tried to jump up on the windowsill, misjudged it a bit, and basically headbutted the the window really, really hard. Oh, poor cat. It's what he does all the time, mate. He's like he does it all the time. He's got no sense whatsoever. So I'd be concerned if there was sense to knock out of him in the first <laughs> place but there we go shall we go from that lovely chirpy happy little smiley moment for me seeing Lemmy make a friend to some dark dark places on twitter mate
0: i'm i'm actually worried about some of these stories. i'm worried for the people in these stories uh but yeah let's do it
1: <laughs> yeah definitely definitely okay um as always we'll run through in the order they arrived into us i guess um basically this week we, we we asked for uh stories about your neighbors as mentioned earlier we were thinking you know funny arguments or discussions or neighbors doing odd things or something like that what we got was a completely different bag to that man. What we got was a completely different vibe to what we were expecting we got swerved oh did we ever did we ever um we'll start with dan griffin at dan griffin 21 He says in his first year of uni, uh, he got invited to a house party to meet the neighbours that they'd be living next to in his second year there. As he went to leave, they poured him a whiskey and lemonade. It was too strong, so he asked for it to be topped off. Um, But they put more whiskey in instead of lemonade. He drank it anyway. (laughs) Um, Because it's down. Yeah. Uh, He woke up with no memory of leaving or getting home. Turns out, though, as he got up to leave, he stumbled into their fridge, knocked it clean over, broke it, and he never spoke to him again.
0: He so, knocked the fridge clean over.
1: Yeah, that that must be some some stumble, man. That's that you had to
0: be paralytic to be able to do that.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Quite, quite the stumble. Quite, the, quite the hit taken on this fridge. Um, he also says that in his third year at uni, he was mortified when one of his housemates. Uh, from back home invited a few of his old friends up for the weekend and they arrived with a full DJ setup and blasted shitty dubstep till 5am mm-hmm. and he said, that was very bad neighbour behaviour it was very much bad neighbour behaviour but not as bad as we're about to get to
0: <laughs> I mean that and and Rob's um, are, are relatively tame well there's a couple of tame ones and then it goes very very dark very very quickly
1: it does it does um Griffin at Griffin K one on Twitter. Um, hi Griffin. We have, I know my neighbor trapped a young policeman in his house for an hour. To vicious, <laughs> viciously berate him.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and there we like stand. And That's the start. That's the start people. Oh,
1: viciously berate a policeman. Brilliant stuff. <laughs>
0: trapped, a poli- trapped a policeman in his house for an hour though for a full hour. Jesus yeah. That, yeah. how is that neighbor not in prison because that's that's kidnapping a police officer shuler
1: uh, yeah and what were they berating him about i wonder if you know mm. At griffin k1 if if you can you know when when you hear this just drop us a message and and let us know um if anything happened about this like you know so sort of a follow up i guess a bit more information as to what happened afterwards because like mm. like magsy says trapping a policeman in his house for an hour that's that's quite serious i guess you know We'd, we'd need more information. We do indeed. We do indeed. Um, Jelly Pickle J at Jelly Pickle J on Twitter. Uh, when he first moved into his house, his neighbour accused him of throwing a broken pink kid's bike into their bush. It uh, says my daughter wasn't even a year old. I explained she didn't have a bike, and all of our other kids are boys. But he wouldn't accept it. He would pass us and always say something about it. Brilliant. I love petty little things like that where a neighbour yeah. just constantly mutters under their breath at you, you know?
0: Yeah, I do. Well, I don't love it. I think it's uh, ridiculous, but I have had neighbours like that before.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is the bike throwing a bike in somebody's bush, but, you know, I used to throw all my dogs poo. In my neighbour's garden.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You you terrible neighbour. So you were the Tosser
1: neighbour. No, 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 they were the Tosser neighbour. They really were the Tosser neighbour. But I take great pleasure in doing this. Um, I'll just make it clear, it's none of the neighbours that I live next to now. So if any of my neighbours are listening to this show, which I severely doubt they will be, though just in case... It wasn't anyone living here now. It's somebody who has moved elsewhere um, that we had quite the falling out with and issues with their kids and social services when the police were involved. It was a whole thing, but I'm not going to go into that, into that on, this, on this show. But yeah, I used to uh, go out in the evening with my shovel and take great pleasure in being able to scoop it up on the end of the shovel and then fling it over arm. From wherever I was in my garden, no matter whereabouts in my garden, Ronnie had decided to take a dump and in one movement, get it over the fence into their garden. I took great pleasure in doing that for a long time. And they used to come along and clean it up. They didn't have a dog, Max. Where did they think this shit was coming from? <laughs> like, Mary, that bloody dog's been back again. He's took the shit in the garden. <laughs> ah uh, they probably thought it was like some really really massive foxes or something like that
0: yeah. <laughs> i mean they might have actually just thought it was you like breaking into the garden and curling one out yourself
1: yeah yeah like i got a really really bad diet because i'd love three or four poos over every night you know <laughs> <laughs> um one oh this is from at utt rob uh, you were a guest on the utt podcast again recently mags weren't you? It? was it today it came, mate uh
0: the episode came out today yeah i think we recorded it about four or five weeks ago but yeah i uh, certainly was um i heard your voice on there yet though so come on rob pull your
1: finger out uh nobody wants to speak to me mate i throw poo around
0: <laughs> that is very true <laughs>
1: um Yeah, Rob uh, at UTT Rob on Twitter says one of his neighbor neighbors called him Simon for years. Nothing wrong with that, pal. That's a good name, good solid English name. uh <laughs> She has a cat called Robert and seemed to think that was reserved just for cat names. I could Simon's okay. You should probably change your Twitter Twitter handle now to UTT Sy or something like that. I think that'd be an upgrade, maybe.
0: <laughs> an upgrade,
1: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> brilliant. Um. Speaking of neighbours, we have a message here from Chris Mangle on Twitter, at Mangle underscore Chris. Um, don't think this will be very entertaining, but our next door is a single mother to two teenage lads. A couple of years ago, she moved in the latest in a long line of blokes who nonstop shouts at Call of Duty or and has his shit music blasting or the dog or shouting at anything in general, really. It sounds like, Mr. Mango, you have got a very painful, noisy neighbour there yeah. who I, I can sympathise in a way because my son, um, when he is at home... He kind of lives between here and his... He stays at his girlfriend's a great deal and so on. Obviously, during lockdown, situations situation's been different, but you know what I mean. He likes playing various different games, Call of Duty being one of them, and does get very vocal. Um, the plus side is, though, I can just turn the bloody Wi-Fi off and stitch him up. So, <laughs> you know, I'm not sure how you deal with a neighbour in that scenario, other than telling him to shut up. Other than that, if it carries on, what can you do, I guess, Max?
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, I've had a few... Uh noisy neighbours in my time um i dare say i have some of my neighbors have thought i've been noisy when we've been having house parties but yeah to have it constantly is incredibly annoying
1: yeah yeah we had the electric cut off at a party once like someone going into the electric meter at the front of the house and just pulling the fuse (laughs) because we we had our mates house. we're a mate I don't know what we were, 16, 17, maybe. And we were, when his parents used to go away for a week, they used to actively say, get Sai to stay over to help you look after the house, mm-hmm. which is you know, just ridiculous. And they'd leave loads of money for food and whatever we needed for the week. Um, and they'd off on holiday for, uh, for a week. Uh, my friend was the youngest of three brothers. The two older brothers lived elsewhere, but they pop in to check on us and everything. But we basically look after the house, walk the dog and so on um we wouldn't go to college or work or anything for a whole week uh, all the money that was left um, was was spent on alcohol and other party substances at the time shall we say um and we basically convert the whole house we take everything out of uh, the front room and the back room put it all in the kitchen and convert the whole front room back room into like a party area Drag the fridge into there so all the all the important stuff like the, the 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 things you didn't want breaking and everything we'd stick in the kitchen locked away so people couldn't get to it and we basically have a week week-long party um in the summer we put a massive marquee out the back and one of our friends used to actually dj so you can imagine this residential area gets a bit late and a bit late and so on um must have been about i don't know four o'clock in the morning maybe three, three four o'clock in the morning There was just all of a sudden this bloke in the house that was one of the neighbours and he basically got through the door in because the music was so loud we couldn't hear him knocking. We kept him and his kids up and he was just basically in the house telling us all to shut the fuck up. Um we all panicked turned the music down. Sorry, sir, sorry, sir, sorry, but don't, don't call the police and thinking, you know, my mate's parents come back, we're in big, big trouble. Yeah. He left and the drink started flowing again and everyone was having a good time. So the music got a bit louder and a bit louder and a bit louder. And then we were just plunged into darkness. Um, and it took us a little while to figure out that the electric meter at the front of the house, there you know, like the little plastic door on it that you can get with a little key you got to use to open the thingy to put your credit yeah. in. But all, all
0: the keys were normally like just a triangle ones, weren't they? So you yeah, could yeah, use absolutely. any, any yeah. key to get in. Yeah.
1: It was open and there was a part of the electric meter that wasn't where it should be. It was on the floor next to the electric meter this dude basically got fed up and cut our power off, Max.
0: <laughs> well, I, I mean, at least it left you the fuse to replace, uh, to put back in. Yeah. Um, that kind of like defeats the point, because you can just plug it back in and put the music straight back on.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, by that point, my mate kind of bricked it about getting in trouble with his parents. Yeah, yeah. So we of toned it down a little bit. But yeah, perhaps that's what um, old Mr. Mangle, who messages in into us, uh, Chris. Perhaps that's something you could maybe do. Nip out there and just... Take the fuse out of, his, out of his electric box. That might work.
0: <laughs> Could well work. I mean, I wonder if Chris Mangle knows. He's uh we keep alluding to him being
1: uh, on Neighbours. It was Joe Mangle, wasn't it? The guy who was on Neighbours. Yeah. And Mrs. Mangle was his mum, but she was like she was a grumpy old horrible thing, wasn't she? She was.
0: He ended up being on The Big Breakfast. I think didn't he? The actor.
1: Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah, well, you know, I forgot all about that. And his wife in Neighbours, not in real life, got shot, didn't she? When she was like protesting, like, was it a duck hunt or a pheasant hunt or something? And she and she, she's like there saying, "Don't shoot the ducks, don't shoot the ducks." So they just fucking shot her instead.
0: I, I was not a massive Neighbours watcher, but that sounds pretty dark for a TV time sort of opera. She was pregnant, small well, one.
1: She was pregnant when she got oh. shot. Wow! Did that happen? Or am I just making that up? I don't know.
0: Are you sure you're not just talking about one of this, the upcoming stories
1: about neighbours? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'm gonna, if anyone knows what happened to uh, Joe Mangle's wife, please tweet into the show. <laughs> <Let's>, <laughs> I'm fairly certain she got shut, shot out in the field somewhere, but there we go. Um, things take a little bit of a turn now, Mags, don't they? Uh, mm. We've got a message here from Danny um, at Scottish Juggalo on Twitter. He says, in two thousand and seven, he lived next door to a married couple and heard them screaming lots. One night, about three a.m., the husband knocked on his door and asked him to hold an item that's wrapped in a towel. Turns out it was a claw hammer covered in blood. Never saw the couple again, and apparently still has the hammer.
0: I mean, what? <sighs> there's so much to unpack there. First yeah. of all, why if if someone knocked on your door and asked you to holding out and wrapped in it how would you just take it for a kickoff? And then uh, when free, you dis- yeah, yeah. yeah. And then when you discovered it was a claw hammer covered in blood, why would you keep it? Why would you not report that maybe to the police? Or at least get rid of it? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, That's yeah. worrying. Very worrying.
1: Danny, similar to um, the person who tweeted in, uh, what well, whose tweet I read before, could we have a follow up on that for next week, mate? Could you let us know what did, happened with that? Did
0: what that happened? guy claw his wife's brains in? That's yeah. what we need to know.
1: Yeah, did that guy end up, you know, locked away for many many years? Or I mean, he says, yeah, the couple he never saw the couple again. So perhaps he didn't get sent down. Perhaps this. Hammer wielding psycho is still out there somewhere. Perhaps he's looking for his hammer. <laughs> have you? Do you
0: live in the same house?
1: Uh, yeah. Dan? Bloody hell! If he's he might have moved. If he's moved, like, Dan, there could be a bloke out there now scouring the UK for you, trying to find this hammer because it's the one piece of evidence that's going to get him sent down for a murder. <laughs> You're in trouble, Dan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good God! Um, oh, here we go. Andy from Bang Bang Podcast oh, at goodness. Bang Bang Podcast on Twitter. Again, everyone, go and listen to Bang Bang Podcast. Brilliant, brilliant show. Um said so he stayed over his mate's house in his backyard in a tent when they were about 13 to 14, which a lot of people do, Mags, don't they? I remember camping in the back garden with my mates when I was a kid, you know? Yep. Um. said so he heard a loud bang in the night. Turned out his next-door neighbour had shot himself in the back garden.
0: That, I mean... That what ha- what is happening in Bristol. That at thirteen year old your neighbour comes out and just pops his own his own head off with a shotgun. That's mm. mental. But what it was even more concerning was how nonchalant the conversation went after uh, after uh Andy's initial tweet. Um obviously we you know that, that Steve is is uh podcast co-host has absolutely no filter whatsoever but his comment of, apparently just listened to an episode of the utt podcast oh my god that that was harsh
1: it was like it was like an a, a, our own little segment of the month was it monday morning wars on our on our timeline mags when it the then to going morning wars jesus christ Them going back and forth about ales and and so on oh my goodness um but yeah, there's a lot there. To, again, a lot there to unpack, man. I mean, it says he his neighbour shot himself. We're we're assuming that he's he's offed himself, have we? We're assuming that he's 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 killed himself completely. He's not just shot himself in the foot by accident, like we're, a graze,
0: yeah, like a flesh wound.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we're assuming that the guy he's done himself in. I mean, that's that's pretty that's pretty horrific. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's.
0: That's the kind of thing that would would need lots and lots of counselling. Uh to, mm. to, to be able to at least sleep at night. Where I mean, maybe that's why Andy lost all his hair. It might have, from sheer panic of uh of seeing his neighbour blow his own brains out. Um uh, maybe it it made him lose all his follicles.
1: Yeah, therefore no that. Huh? Yeah, maybe, Andy. Let's know, mate. <laughs> did you... Is that the reason you're bald as a coot? Yeah, let's. Know. Did you did you wake up in the morning and see the body led there, or was was the police there, or I mean, did it end up being that the guy had literally blown his head off, like Mag said, with a shotgun or whatever? I mean, the body might still be there because it don't say he reported it to the police. He just said
0: he heard a loud bang in the middle of that, and he might have just like. Turned around, walked away whistling uh, like as if, yep, not <laughs> to do with me.
1: Yeah, I'm going inside for some Cocoa Pops and to watch Transformers. Yeah, you know?
0: <laughs> well, camping druid for one night. Lads, come on, let's go in.
1: Yeah, that's it. <laughs> we can get through rain, we can get through snow, but suicide, but, fucking but, but brain splatter all <laughs> over the tent.
0: I'm not oh.
1: having that. <laughs> How have we somehow managed yet again to be in a situation where you and me are both mocking and laughing at somebody who's dead? How it's,
0: have we, do, how have we it's done suicide this again? No, this, yeah. this time it's suicide. That's what makes it even more worrying that we that suicide has become uh, a, a topic of comedy. Uh,
1: it's not funny. It's not. We shouldn't do, Max. I'm, I'm ashamed of us.
0: I'm ashamed like, of you as well
1: brilliant um, <laughs> <laughs> this next um message in is literally that it's a message um from somebody who said they can't put this on their twitter timeline so i'm not going to name them for that reason obviously but they dm'd the show is that what is that like dm'd the show that's right isn't it yeah um bloke who lived opposite me nice bloke but had the habit of being involved in some very shady business was found shot dead in an Amster, Amsterdam river-canal-lake, Stroke, canal, stroke lake, the victim of a professional hit. Why? Wow. Okay.
0: That's some CJ Demui-style tactics. Somewhat. Do you, you know CJ Demui, the guy from Eggheads? Um,
1: no. Oh, oh yeah. A... Hang on, yeah. CJ, um, <laughs> oh, the smug git. Yeah, he was like... He, did he? Has he hired someone to kill somebody or something like that? Didn't he? No, he apparently he killed somebody in Amsterdam. He, oh yeah, okay.
0: He, he killed them and uh put the body in one of the canals.
1: Perhaps CJ from Eggheads killed this listener's neighbour because that that fits. Yeah, I mean he's got four. Yeah,
0: allegedly. I mean I don't know he's ever been charged with it, so I'm definitely that's a a definite allegedly.
1: Yeah, you gotta make sure you say allegedly or CJ, because <laughs> he is obviously a massive listener of the show. We we know that, so yeah, don't get sued by a murdering egghead, mate. That'd be bad news. Um, we have another message here from Dan Griffin at Dan Griffin Twenty One. Not a neighbour, but he was out in a Burger King after a night out taking a slash in the box, which I find is always the best place to take a slash. And a guy barges well, in and starts furiously scrubbing blood off his hands, saying, shit, shit, shit. <laughs> he left the Burger King in handcuffs. <laughs> what
0: the, I mean, what is this? What is Yorkshire and Bristol? Because that's, that's very, very worrying.
1: Yeah. Absolutely
0: insane.
1: <sighs> and all the did notes are Dan Griffin. Did he
0: find out what, what happened, though?
1: I don't know. We, again, there's so need, many. We,
0: we need follow-ups.
1: I think I think we've actually got a chain wrestling email. I think I set it up right at the beginning of the show and like just never freaking used it. So perhaps I should try and figure out how to get back into that. Put it out on our Twitter and people can give us a lot more information because Twitter, you only get, what is it, 200 and something?
0: 280 characters, yeah, I think.
1: Yeah, so we need more details. I, I want to know about... You know, CJ chucking this bloke in a canal. I want to know about you. Andy's neighbour potentially blowing his head off and what happened afterwards. I need more information, Max.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. You can't just drop these little tidbits of information and not follow up with the with the outcome.
1: No. But speaking of following up with the outcome, um, Dan messaged in again... Uh last week, he spoke about the Goosebumps book that was based on the Invasion of the Body Snatchers kind of okay. um, uh, kind, kind of story or kind of a script, I guess, or whatever, saying that that was the thing that scared him when he was a kid and he he stopped reading the book because it terrified him. And we were saying that we wanted to know if he ever finished the book and wanted uh, we wanted him to finish the book if he hadn't, if you remember, Max. Yep. Yeah, that was his homework. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's messaged back saying... And this is today. He's only just getting around to listening to chain wrestling today. Uh, he, so,
0: I mean, to be fair, he's always at least six weeks behind. So the
1: fact that we're, uh, he's only one week behind for chain wrestlers. That's actually an honor. <laughs> um, he says that he can confirm. He never went back to read goosebumps invasion of the body squeezers. He's got here. Um, he looked to buy it, but it's now 40 quid. So he's more scared of the price. <laughs> 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 Brilliant, brilliant could you have to get it on like a kindle or
0: something like that I'm, I'm sure you could but then he might have to buy a kindle
1: so oh, yeah. that might defeat fair. the point yeah fair point fair point Well, oh, that's, that's all I got from twitter this week mags mate um, have you got any stories about neighbours or you yeah, annoying but- neighbours or anything like that
0: I mean my, none of mine are as dark as uh, as some of the tales um uh, I've had the, the the classic uh whinging neighbors who uh who bang on the wall whenever you've got your t v over the likes of ten uh on the on the volume um I've had a couple of uh, neighbors who were um turns out to be growing uh copious amounts of illegal uh substances in their. In their building and get getting raided regularly by by the police. Awesome. Uh, but the the one that really really stands out, um, and this was uh, a good. Whew, it must be about about ten years ago. Uh, we moved into uh, a house, and the the neighbour there was a um, a single mum, a really nice uh, nice girl, probably about twenty five ish when we moved in. Uh we really got on with her. Um, really kind of like friendly. We used to go around there for a for a brew and they come round that uh, come uh, come round ours. Uh but for uh, the majority of the time that we knew her, she was always single. Uh obviously not not our business, but uh she then got this boyfriend. Uh and um yeah, she she turned out to be uh a very noisy neighbour. Uh, and I don't okay. I mean I don't mean noisy in, in the fact that she'd have a TV loud or she played music at all hours. Uh, I mean the fact that uh, when they were doing the no pants dance,
1: uh,
0: <laughs> she would wake us up. Really, really, and it got to the point where they were bang at it every single day uh, because that's what you do when you get a, a new a new squeeze. Um, So every night, we were awoken at ridiculous o'clock in the morning to uh, the sounds of her... I mean, it sounded like overacting. It sounded like the most cheesiest porn film you've ever watched where she was so ridiculously loud. And it got to the stage where cars driving up our street would pull up outside our two houses to listen and you could hear him kind of catcalling uh, to, uh like egging egging the fella on. Um uh, so yeah, that was a an interesting neighbour that we had. And uh boyfriend, it also turns out he got involved with uh, one of the local uh drug dealers and they came around one day and uh bust into his house and beat him to a living pulp. Um Please. Yeah. And we ended up kind of like trying to calm him down and, and talk him around, but, yeah, they, they really did him some damage. Uh, it wasn't long for, for her after that, um, but, yeah, she she was a, a, a loud, loud girl. Uh, so, yeah, that's my... I mean, it's no way... I thought that was quite risky, but then when I've listen, read back some of these uh, that we've already had, it's quite a tame story that I had for, for my neighbour.
1: <laughs> is that how you ended up with all your really expensive podcast equipment? You were like, yeah, I know. <laughs> saying saying to the missus, like, I know, love. it's terrible having to get woken up by that all the time. Record, <laughs> click. <laughs> Microphone against the wall. Is, is that what happened?
0: <laughs> it's why we needed a lot and lots of soundproofing.
1: Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Ah, oh, so there we go well, then what well, again thank you to everyone well, i think thank you i'm not 100 sure this week to be fair but thank get you help. to yeah listeners get help move house yeah, move. yeah. <laughs> sell up <laughs> exactly exactly um yeah so uh, thank you for everyone again retweeting uh messaging into the show giving us your stories um we'll try and think of something maybe that can only go in a light-hearted happy way for next week i'm not sure where we'll head with that just yet but look out on twitter for our non-wrestling topic each week um should we talk some wrestling mags let's do it okay let's do that hey everybody it's i just wanted to give you all a quick heads up Um, At the end of this week's episode of Chain Wrestling, Mags and I decided to tag on a little bit of the recording from before and after we actually did the content for the show. A little bit of an extra giggle for you, hopefully. Um, You can hear how frustrating I can be when it comes to technology and how impatient Mags can be when he tries to help me. Um, Hope you enjoy it. Just hang around after the episode, give it a couple of seconds, and we're going to tag it on the end thank you very much for listening to chain wrestling and i'll speak to you all soon this week yet a bloody gain wrestling twitter doing me dirty again mags's choice has won so we're going to all
0: is right with the
1: world uh, When when my pick wins all were out with the world mate the Shawn michaels triple h match in 2002 was like one of my favorite matches i was really looking forward to watching that and doing something clever with the intro and the bit that Shawn michaels says it was you hunter and all that sort of stuff you know but no everyone votes for you again well they didn't to be fair with like you half know, hour left it was losing
0: a, a quick last run of uh, of stone cold steve Austin fans then i
1: assume yeah, that would be why we watch Badlands. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> How, that, what a scurrilous. That is that is awful that you could
1: accuse me of that. No, no, that's not true. So I actually know that you vote for my choice some weeks, so I'm, I'm not implying that at all, mate. I mean,
0: the good thing is you can always bring your choice back up. It's not been ruled out.
1: Yeah, yeah, good site, yeah, I suppose. Right, but again, wrestling Twitter, uh, they just don't really? like me, mate, do they? Yeah, that's feel, it. I mean, you, you, you're a naturally unlikable person, though. To be fair, you know what? <laughs> Both my wife and my parents say that quite regularly. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, today's match comes from the St. Valentine's Day Massacre pay per view mm-hmm. from February the fourteenth, nineteen ninety nine. Um the show took place at the brilliantly named Memphis Pyramid in Memphis, Tennessee. There was just over nineteen thousand in attendance. And with two matches of, of with the name the name quality of The Rock and Mankind and then Austin McMahon, um it did a very, very good buy rate of approaching half a million mags, which is fantastic work, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it was. Um, but wrestling at this time was was white hot, and this uh, Stone Cold versus McMahon storyline, which I think had been going on for what about a year or so, mm-hmm. uh, really culminating with uh, the the Royal Rumble screw job of, of Austin, um, and then uh, all the stuff with Commissioner uh, Shawn Michaels uh, giving Austin his, his uh, shot at the the title when when Vince. Um, he relinquished his his, uh, his opportunity, and then all the the kind of gauntlet match with Austin and and uh, the the corporation. This this feud was was the best thing in wrestling at the time.
1: Yeah, definitely, and the. The, the, I suppose the term was, the, would be heat, I guess. Mm-hmm. The reactions from the crowd towards anything McMahon did. Um, the, the reactions towards Austin with anything he did. It was a real a real, I suppose, a real classic old school good guy, bad guy dynamic. The booze for McMahon and everything he did w- were brilliant. It's the reaction that, you know, every heel, I suppose, wants. But Austin but the glass would break or he'd turn up, and the it don't matter where you were, what show it was what, what sort of context he was arriving. the place would just become unglued wouldn't it
0: mm-hmm. and uh what was the attendance about nineteen thousand yeah um, you would have when austin's um uh, music popped you'd think there were fifty thousand there easily because everything he did just got a massive massive cheer, and um it was interesting having um jerry lawler on commentary for this and he says a couple of times about uh um a, a, about how uh, man was trying to avoid getting into the ring um because that's that was his stick that was jerry lawler's stick for a long long time getting uh getting as much as he can out of doing very little in the ring uh and he's there praising uh vince mcmahon for doing exactly the same thing but it was so believable. I mean Austin was the, the the kind of antihero that everybody wanted to be, the person who could beat the living piss out of the boss and get away with it. Uh, and this this was kind of that like the culmination of that for, for a lot of fans.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a little bit of, I mean, I'm assuming people listening, majority of them will know, but a little bit of background info for you all, I guess. Um, this is hot off the 99 War Rumble, which mm-hmm. had McMahon win in theory, meaning he was going to have the world title match at WrestleMania. Um, when he said he was stepping out of that spot, the commissioner, a normally at this time, incredibly high looking Shawn Michaels would either that, or we had bad allergies, mags. We'll, we'll say he had hay fever, shall we? Um, mm-hmm. He basically put Austin in to that spot of going okay. to WrestleMania. Um, um, Austin said, I'm willing to put my title match on the line or my place at WrestleMania facing the champion on the line. If you will take me on in a steel cage match. Um, and that was set for this this pay-per-view um i i in general really enjoyed this mags it's a brilliant time in wrestling i mean there's a lot of crap going on as well you look through the undercard there's a lot of nonsense but the sort of top end with mankind rock austin mcmahon all those guys there's it, a lot of really good stuff happening isn't there around this time yeah
0: yeah um the i mean the actual era uh, people do look at it uh through rose-colored glasses and um, there was a hell of a lot of, uh, of bump uh, packing out the the, the shows, but when you got to the the top of the card, um, it was it was some of the best thing uh, in WWE. I mean, the the last man standing match before this, even though the the ending was a little bit. Uh, I, I, can't say it, was, it went over well with the with the the draw and the fans uh, screaming. This is bullshit. The, the match itself was absolutely outstanding, and then that would be hard to follow up, uh, even for someone of uh, um, of Steve Austin's caliber. But I think that um, McMahon versus Austin really did follow it up well. Uh, really started kind of like slow paced at the beginning with a. Uh, Austin coming out, uh, it being in the ring, and then Vince doing everything he can to kind of avoid the match starting. Uh, there was a point where he clams the the cage, just about to go in, then backs down. Um, then uh, there's a point where Austin's chasing him around the, the, the ring to try and get him uh, uh, to start the match.
1: Which oh, we- mate, that. That Vince McMahon running around the outside of a wrestling ring is one of the best things ever I love it so much I don't know why it tickles me as much as it does but it is awesome isn't it
0: yeah and then when he he hangs from the the frame of the door to try and like uh, boot uh, Austin in the face (laughs) this is a Vince McMahon who I think around this time was what 54 year old or something like that so he wasn't—he uh, certainly wasn't a spring chicken, but God, he, he looked ripped. He looked absolutely ripped. Uh, so it, it takes about about what fifteen minutes or so. Uh, we get farting in uh, on the cage. We get farting around the the arena. Uh, we get farting in the crowd. Uh, we get Austin uh, faking an ankle injury to try and goad uh, McManin, um, and that it, works, it, doesn't it? It does work. Uh, we get a uh, man, according to Michael Cole, falling 20 feet through uh, through the announce table, which that is the shortest 20 feet that I've ever seen. It's probably more like 10. Uh, but yeah, it, it's for a guy who is a billionaire, who was, uh, I think they mentioned on the commentary that he was the, the, the owner of a Fortune 500 company, to be taking bumps and, and shots like what he took in this match, uh, i love him or hate him uh you've got to respect that he did this for for people's entertainment
1: it's absolutely outstanding that bump as well oh my word he comes down (laughs) people need to sort of throw their mind back a little bit i think to the um announced desks of this time they were a bit clunkier a bit Mm -hmm. a bit bigger um and they had the old-fashioned sort of box Sort of silver or grey monitors on as opposed to the flat yeah. monitors that they have now. And most people would take the little plastic tray thingy off the top, remove the big heavy duty monitors that look like they add quite a bit of weight to them mm-hmm. before going through the table. Um, McMahon literally comes off the cage and he hits his spine effectively parallel with the corner of the table, the edge yes. of the table.
0: It's so um, bad.
1: Yeah, and he kind of hits it and. It's like a half little bounce almost before the table then breaks. And it looked, it looked brutal. It looked vicious Max, didn't it? It absolutely did. It was, it was like I said, for a
0: 50 odd year old man to be taking these bumps. Um, I've I've got to give him uh, props. I mean, now he's uh, gone a little bit senile, I think, and he's, he doesn't book the best, but Jesus Christ for him to be able to do that at that age is, is phenomenal.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, and they kind of play on how bad the bump was and how bad the uh, the crash was in his age and so on, I suppose, because McMahon is then um, put on a stretcher with a neck brace and <laughs> Howard Finkel, God bless him, is going to announce Steve Austin as the winner of the match. The match uh, is over, McMahon can't continue. And then we get some uh, some brilliant crowd reactions to, to Austin grabbing the microphone off Harold Finkel. Um, simply saying bullshit, and the crowd popped to that. And he says the match never actually started, so as far as I see it, um, he can't get away with it this way. He's going to um, give him more of a beating.
0: Well, yeah, he, 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 he mentions the, the promises that he made uh, before the match about uh, there being... Uh Blood, and it weren't going to be stone cold. And I'm thinking that on the Sunday night heat, just before the show, um, McMahon had actually spat in Austin's face, and Austin uh, promised that he would wipe that spit off with McMahon's blood. And up to press, I mean, even though he took bump after bump after bump, uh, McMahon hadn't started bleeding yet, so um, Austin still had those promises to live up to.
1: Yeah yeah um and he, he shouts at one of the people sort of assisting mcmahon um hey you jackass in the black wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, uh, i think
0: it was earl Hebner as well that he said it to
1: <laughs> uh, okay is he still breathing and you know if he's still breathing then it's not over sort of thing which is <laughs> you know in a way a death threat but never mind i
0: mean <laughs> i mean maybe maybe he ended up in uh Andy from Bam Bam's uh, podcast, the Neighbours Garden, and
1: uh, ended up shooting himself. You never know; he won't be breathing then. <laughs> um, Austin goes to leave um, and win after eventually dragging McMahon back into the ring. He, he sort of grabs the stretcher, wheels him down the ramp. He takes a bit of a bad-looking bad bump again, doesn't he? Where the wheels kind of catch on,
0: yeah,
1: uh, catch I, I on the entrance
0: that, ramp or yeah, crash the, mat maybe. I, I think the aim was actually for Austin to to kind of lift the the stretcher, and then uh, McMahon kind of almost like springboard into into the uh, the cage. But yeah, the the wheels did seem to look like they got trapped, and uh, uh, it it come forward a little bit earlier. So McMahon had to uh, essentially throw himself at the cage uh, to to just reach in. It it, it did look quite a painful uh, bump on there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, we end up then with McMahon and austin in the ring at last uh mm-hmm. the bell finally rings um and, and we get you know austin bumping mcmahon off the off the uh the cage and giving him his usual sort of uh, stomps in the corner and just genuinely just just beating the the owner of the wwf up um he Vince is eventually bleeding after taking a, a a bump face first head first into the cage.
0: Well, I mean, you, you could see him uh, bleeding. You could yes. really can yes. You knew that he was blading I mean, the cut was uh, so clean that there's no way he just did that bumping his head against the the the, um, the the cage. But it was a great sight to see. Kind of like really can uh, it stood out the the blood trickling
1: down um, at man's face. Yeah, um, I suppose Austin then sees sees it as job done, potentially. Um, he goes to leave, but McMahon sort of you know gives him the middle finger. Um, <laughs> Austin's, well, fine, if you want some more, we'll have some more, mate. He goes back in and carries on beating him up a bit more. Um, this happens a couple of times, Max, doesn't it? Yeah, um,
0: it, it, I think when he's climbing out of the cage uh, the, the second time, um, he actually gives him the double finger. And yes. Austin's like... Oh, this motherfucker! Uh, <laughs> and the way Austin climbed up the cage, he like, was bouncing up the cage uh, on every single uh, step. He he was so glad that McMahon gave him the finger, so he could go and beat the living piss out of him.
1: Yeah, and and people are reacting as you'd imagine. The crowd are just oh, they were wild. The they were yeah. wild. And and that visual of um, McMahon looking as ripped as he did. He was in, in incredible shape, uh, as Mag said, um, giving both middle fingers, but the blood pouring down his face. And he's almost almost crying in pain at this yeah. stage the visual of that of uh, and hearing the commentators say about the hatred he has for steve austin that he's willing to take more of a beating than let steve austin go to wrestlemania it was just absolutely fantastic visuals great commentary um, yeah that's right believe it or not i'm paying michael cole a compliment here and not only abs-
0: michael cole jerry Lawler as well he's normally kind of like quite cringy and quite quite creepy but the way he was uh Uh, explaining McManless feelings and he had a very hoarse voice. Uh, I assume um, there must've been a, um, a kind of like a a girl's mud fight earlier in the night. Uh, But uh, he was really kind of like uh, conveying the emotion that, that that, uh, both McMahon and Austin were feeling like the hatred towards each other. Um, So I've got to give him props for for his commentary work.
1: Yeah, definitely. Just, just, Brilliant, brilliant storytelling, brilliant visuals, brilliant commentary, everything about it. There's a huge pop when Austin finally hits a stunner on McMahon. Yeah. The, the crowd go wild for that.
0: And um, I, he, I think McMahon's one of the best at taking the stunner as well. It makes it really look like it legitimately hurts people.
1: I think it probably because it does with McMahon. Yeah, because, because it, puts so,
0: a, <laughs> it puts a little bit extra on it like, take this, you fucker
1: yeah it's like you look at some of the ones he took especially early on they do not look comfortable (laughs) no definitely not and then um we get the the first ever wwf sighting of andre the giant's son from wcw (laughs) um as michael cole is shouting that's paul white as the Big Show, looking much trimmer than in later years, with a glorious mane of hair, busts through the canvas, enters the ring to side with McMahon. Um, Quite cleverly done as well, because one of the things that McMahon said was he guarantees no members of his group, the corporation, will interfere. And I suppose at this exact time, the Big Show wasn't a member of the corporation, so that's quite cleverly done, I guess.
0: Absolutely. Um, Just an interesting way to... to, uh, introduce one of the, the the biggest gets from WCW around this time because obviously they were still um, quite heavily in a war uh, and to, to bring over one of the the biggest stars of WCW one of the, the WCW homegrowns uh, and and have him involved in in the finalist match I mean he eventually doesn't really make much difference in the finish because Austin still ends up winning uh, but it, it does introduce him as a as a new star
1: yeah yeah definitely um he basically grabs steve austin mcmahon's telling him throw him into the cage and the commentators again are are adding to the story which is their job it's brilliant to see this or hear this happening saying that austin um sorry mcmahon is hoping austin instructing Big Show to give Austin the same punishment he had, which was which was a nice little link back to the way McMahon supposedly got split open earlier in the match. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul White throws Austin into the, the very wobbly cage, Mags. Let's be honest, it was wobbling the whole time, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you actually get to see, which is uh, something you don't see a lot of, you see him actually building the cage in, in a couple of uh, 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 spots before the match. Uh, and you can see how it's not really held together uh as as solidly as you think. It's uh they literally just uh hold the panels up and they 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 almost kind of like with a huge kind of staple, uh hold the sections together. So you can tell how easy they would be to, to come apart and and obviously, we we get to see that when uh, Big Show throws Austin into one of the panels, and the the actual in, the full side of the, the the cage swings open, and Austin's able to just uh, nonchalantly drop the couple of feet to the floor and and, and uh, retain his uh, championship shot at WrestleMania.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that moment earlier on as well when they're putting the cage up. I mean, there's two things that sort of spring to mind. One is I don't think we saw this cage anywhere near regularly it was just, i think it was this is the only occasion because it's <laughs> it's basically the same design as the big blue cage that everyone remembers from say um warrior rick rude at SummerSlam 90 or yeah. um owen brett at SummerSlam 94 um, or even hogan bundy at wrestlemania 2 or something the big blue cage yeah. um so we've not quite transitioned into the sort of mesh fencing the, that we the have now.
0: Fence. yeah
1: yeah, yeah. Um, but it's painted black, and I thought it was a really cool visual, considering yeah. you know the, the sort of time we were in with the Attitude Era and so on. Because it looked like a, a big, strong, um, a big, strong, solid structure, even though it didn't really move that way. Um, but you know, painting it black, I think it really sort of stood out. Uh, this is a special occasion for me if that makes sense
0: yeah absolutely and i like the, I, the 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 blue um cage gets a lot of grief but i actually like it because i think the the spaces uh between uh the bars makes it easier for you to to watch the match uh, as opposed to like chain link fencing especially when you look at the red one uh, that they had for the red lighting for hell in a cell um against uh rollins and uh, The Fiend that was such a difficult match to watch and the the cage played a big part in that I think these kind of more open uh, uh, open cages are are much better and like I said the black adds to the the kind of attitude era style yeah I I thought it was a a cool looking visual
1: yeah definitely Um, yeah Austin wins the match there and and again the the moment where he's thrown out he's thrown out the cage the cage springs open he hits the deck and the, the bell is rang and the referee grabs Austin's hand his facial expressions are fantastic because he's a bit initially like oh what's going on um, and McMahon in the ring looking defeated and angry and upset all in one just just brilliant by everyone involved I really really enjoyed this match Muggs
0: yeah, I did as well, and and then you could see the 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 burgeoning kind of feud between Big Shaw and Austin when he's uh he's like uh, comparing sizes and he's pointing and, and flipping uh, Big Show off. Yeah, so uh, um, this was one of the highlights of the attitude there for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was great stuff. Um, I actually watched the following night on um, the following night's Raw as well okay. to see where, kind of where we went from here. Um, we end up with the The Rock facing Mankind in a ladder match for the title the very next night. Yes, and The Rock actually wins the title mm-hmm. there. Um, the Big Show, still being called Paul White, is unveiled as being the guest referee for WrestleMania 15 for Austin's title match. Now, that didn't actually happen, did it? Uh, No, I don't believe it did. No. So I'm going to have to look a bit more into that as to what happened. Um, But the interesting thing is when the big show comes out is he's wearing a T-shirt that says no gimmicks needed. I'm going to (laughs) say, looking at the rest of his WWF career, that's a bit of a lie. But there we go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As always, Magsy Mate, we give this a Rating out of ten. Um, what are your thoughts Yeah, um, if
0: you if you're gonna look at this match in a purely wrestling um, context, it's not going to win any kind of awards. It was this was uh, a beatdown. This was a brawl. There wasn't a lot of kind of real kind of technical wrestling, but. It was. It did everything that it needed to do. It was. Um, it was great to watch. The crowd was hot for it. It was the the best storyline uh, going at the time. So yeah, it really kind of took me back to when I was at uh, my uh, heart of my wrestling fandom, and I enjoyed every single second of it. Um, so I'm happy to give this
1: a, a nine out of ten. Oh wow! How is that? Mm-hmm. Oh, crikey! Okay, um, crikey—that's a weird word, isn't it? Where'd that come from? i do not say crikey? <laughs> That's a strange one. Okay, maybe I'll just, I'll, I'm bringing crikey back. There we go. We're we'll gonna have a chain wrestling T-shirt with crikey on it, now Crikey, crikey. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna go as high as that. um I really enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. I I, I enjoyed the match. I enjoyed. Uh, the atmosphere coming through the TV speakers at me, the, the crowd reactions, seeing Austin in his, I suppose in his prime here doing what he's doing. Um, and that character being effectively at, at one of its peaks. Cause I had a few, let's be honest. I thought that was great. Um, the debut of the big show, brilliant adds more to the story. The way Austin won the match was very clever, mm-hmm. but to me, it's very much a case of, it is the atmosphere and a couple of moments that make this. The rest of it is punch, kick, punch, stomp, and so on. Um, not to say that that's bad because it fitted very, very well with what they were doing, and it fitted very well with the characters there. But I think it's it's a couple of big moments for me. It's when it's, it's the the table bump that Ron takes. It's the brawling moments when they first get in the ring together and then it's the big show arriving and Austin winning. Everything in between kind of gets bridged, I think, with, I don't want to say mediocre action, but it is kind of just very simplistic punch kick stuff. But the atmosphere is incredible. So a nine I can't go to purely from the wrestling standpoint. It, it's not that high in, in my opinions, but as a spectacle, I did enjoy it. So I'm going to go probably seven and a half this week, Max okay i mean i understand your
0: reasoning but like i said for me this was a, a purely an emotional it took me back to uh when i was uh the biggest wrestling fan and yeah I, I i really really enjoyed it so um i'm happy with my with my score
1: yeah yeah fair enough okay um where do we go next so, what do we have, Mags, from your good self that everyone is going to vote for? And what will we... Basically, Mags, tell me, <laughs> t- tell me what we're going to be talking about next week, mate. <laughs> um, so,
0: um, big show. Paul White making his, uh, his, um, his WWF debut by uh, hiding under the ring for an event and then popping popping out... During the main event, um, that's kind of a trope that that uh, is used uh, quite a lot actually in, in wrestling. There's uh, quite a few uh, examples uh, of, of that happening. If you we've uh, we've sport before about the Ultimate Warrior uh, in uh, WCW with the with the trap the one that nearly crippled uh, uh, British Bulldog. We've had Undertaker and Kane doing the same kind of thing. Uh, uh, if you remember, Hornswoggle won the Cruiserweight title about hiding under the ring for for a long while. Um, but the one I want to go to is um, in 2006. We were uh, we were given one of the the, the better pay per views uh, in one night stand. Uh, the the second iteration of the the ECW kind of resurgence pay per view, uh, and that was headlined by uh, a a really uh, well received match between uh, between Rob Van Dam, the ECW original, and. Uh, the, the WWE stalwart uh, John Cena. Uh, if you remember, that's the match where Cena attempts to throw a T-shirt into the crowd, and they keep giving it him back because uh, yeah. nobody wants him there, and if he wins, they're going to write all that oh, jazz. brilliant,
1: but isn't it? It
0: is. Uh, but um, that's another match where we have a wrestler hiding uh, under the ring. Um, so that's the link I want to go to, uh, matches where wrestlers are... Uh, Hasn't under the ring uh, So I want to go to um, No um, One night stand 2006 And uh, Cena versus Rob Van Dam
1: That That's a great shout. I really enjoyed that match When it happened I was all about Rob Van Dam At this time Because You know Sort of catching him in the, the trail end of ECW And then watching him On videotapes And so on I was all about Rob Van Dam and then seeing him have this opportunity back in the ECW, um, under the ECW banner, I guess. And at this stage I was, I was kind of sick of Cena's shtick, I suppose. Yeah. So I, I was, I was all about RVD winning. Um, the atmosphere was insane. Oh yeah, brilliant show. And it's a good match as well. It's, it, it is a good match in ring as well. So yeah, that's yeah. a great show. Um, shall we see what I'm going to put up against it? Or what shall we see? What's going to lose against that this week? actually? <laughs> My link is relatively straightforward and simple. Um, I watched Saint Valentine's Day Massacre back uh, today. I ended up skipping a couple of matches, but apart from that, watching pretty much the whole show. Um, and there was a tag team early on on this show that we've just looked at the main event from that I completely forgot existed, and I, you know, I, I, I completely forgot their title reign, and that was Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart. So that started got getting me thinking a little bit. Um, we've looked at an Owen Hart match before. That was against his brother Brett at WrestleMania 10, quite a few episodes ago now. And well, we both rated that one very, very high. Um, if, but it kind of got me thinking about other great Owen Hart matches. So I started sort of racking my brains, and there's obviously a few in Japan. There's a match with Liger. I think there's one with a dynamite kid from the very early nineties or late eighties, potentially. Um but yeah, some um, some absolutely storming matches from Owen Hart, but I was really racking my brain thinking, what about a WWF match from Owen that is almost like a bit of a deeper cut, I suppose. So I started having a route around and having to think about it. And using Owen wrestling on the St. Valentine's Day card, and obviously the St. Valentine's Day Massacre main event is what we just covered, using that as the link. I'd like to go back to an episode of Monday Night Raw from January the 9th, 1995, And I would like to have a look at Owen Hart challenging for the Intercontinental title against then-champion Razor Ramon. Um, I think it goes about 14, 15 minutes. I don't think I've ever seen this before, but I think it'd be a good opportunity to go and have a look at something that maybe plenty of other people haven't seen before as well. So that's that's what I'm putting up against it, I think, this week. That's what we'll have.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean we won't
1: end up watching that match obviously but it was a nice <laughs> yeah yeah it's, 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 it's nice that I can join in <laughs> <laughs> here's your thanks for participating trophy exactly uh, so just to recap then um, winning next week's poll we have the, <laughs> we have the one night stand 2006 uh, main event between Rob Van Dam and John Cena with an incredible atmosphere, a brilliant wrestling match. Um, it really has to be seen, to be believed, to be fair. Um, um, up against that is Owen Hart challenging um, Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, on an episode of Monday Night Raw in 1995 for his Intercontinental Championship. Um, an opportunity, potentially, to have a look at a match that maybe we haven't seen in a long time, if at all. Um, the poll, as always, will be up on the show's Twitter account a day, uh, well, an hour to a day after the episode comes out. Uh, vote in the poll uh retweet um uh, yeah and just just share away and get involved it's what all the cool kids do um mags do you want to let us know where we can find you online my friend okay so
0: you can find me on the twitter at dj Kerber, where uh, i will be uh put i'll have all the links to the content now but i um i would uh, really appreciate it if you'd go back and uh check on the love wrestling youtube page i was i had the the honor of being on uh spencer loves the man behind uh which looks at content creators in our sphere and and kind of why they got into content creation it was a, an absolute honor to be on there especially knowing the level of guests that he's had on there he's had the likes of gary cassidy uh, and alicia too on there so to be involved in that is a uh, a massive honor so yeah go and check that out and uh yeah, I showed a little bit of love towards uh, Chain Wrestling. And then also, you can check out UTT Podcast, where I made a, an appearance on there. But uh, other than that, you know all the content that I put out, more content than any one human should ever put out. <laughs>
1: um, if you have the links for the, the YouTube show and so on, mags what we should do when this episode comes out on Wednesday, if you could just tag it in the bottom, and we'll make sure yeah, we retweet absolutely. it the Chain Wrestling. I can't make it easy for everyone to find. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can find me at SJP Words on Twitter. I forgot my own Twitter line there, Max.
0: <laughs> I, I thought, this, shall I mention he
1: took his time uh, saying that? Did he forget it? I completely, I don't know why. I don't know what happened there. My mind just went completely blank. I completely forgot my own Twitter handle. It's not like I don't say it enough. I say it, <laughs> I, I say it like five or six times every freaking week for crying out loud. Um, yeah, you can find me at SJP Words on Twitter, I think. Uh, maybe. I think that's right. Allegedly. Um, <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah. Uh, but most importantly, you can find the show at chain underscore wrestling, um, on Twitter. We do have a Facebook as well, but Twitter is where all the polls and non wrestling discussion takes place. Get involved there, vote in the polls, answer the questions for the non wrestling topic. Um, yeah. And just get involved. We really, really appreciate it. Um, yeah. I'm off now to hire CJ from the Eggheads to force you all to vote for me this week. Uh, Mags, I will speak to you next week, my friend. Speak to you soon. Cheers. <laughs> Hello.
0: Turn my mark on.
1: Shock. <laughs> you did that last week as well? Oh, no, no, I'm... I'm backward. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, dear, dear.
0: So why do you not just have Twitter open on your laptop?
1: Do you know what? I've not even got it installed on my laptop. I've not got Facebook on my laptop or anything, it's all on my phone. You've
0: not, you've not got... You've, yeah. <laughs> you've not got Twitter installed on your laptop?
1: No. Literally, like, uh, let me just bring men- it in.
0: but just listen to the words that you're saying. You've not got Twitter installed on your laptop. Do you think that Twitter on a laptop is an app?
1: Oh, oh you mean like I can just go to like, the website or something?
0: Yeah, twitter.com.
1: Oh, uh, okay. No, I didn't. i got no clue, man. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't you're fucking amazing. know. You are amazing. <laughs> I've literally, on my laptop, I've got Zoom... The little internet dofer. Uh, yeah, just use that. Yeah.
0: The internet dofer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, dear, dear, dear.
0: I'm going to actually search now the Microsoft store to see if there is a Twitter app, because there actually is as well. Jesus Christ. So there is a Twitter app.
1: For oh, there you go then. So I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> Completely by chance, not intentional in any way, shape or form oh dear 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 yeah, okay yeah that's good site man i'll write that down now here the bit of paper that i'm probably gonna throw away <laughs> <laughs> you've literally got
0: notepad on your machine right in front of you and you could easily just do it on there hang on where's that
1: then let me have a look okay, press this little thingy.
0: i do all my like research and and stuff on notepad i've got like for for chain wrestling i've got a folder full of text files for badlands i've got every single Uh, research I've ever done on text files. Um, Yeah. Having having been able to have it in front of you on on the screen, it works wonders.
1: The under N, obviously for Notebook, I've just got Netflix.
0: No, tap in Notepad.
1: Oh, hang on, I've got one note. That'll be it, won't it?
0: No, no, no. That's Notepad. Notepad. It's built into it's
1: notepad
0: oh look at and, that and then so if you open it up it's got just like a blank sheet and it. it says unbattled yeah right, but if you see the logo bottom do you know where a logo pops up to show you that it's there yeah if you right click on that logo yep and it should say pin. this should come with a lot of options it should say pin to taskbar oh
1: look at that i was trying to get my email to do that the other day but i couldn't...
0: So, yeah, so, like, on mine, I've got, like, obviously, uh, Chrome, uh, but I have, like, uh, Levelator, Scarp, um, Audacity, all the apps that I use regular pinned to that, so you don't have to go searching from, uh, or you don't have to have, like, a, an icon on your front screen. You can literally just click on that, that bottom icon.
1: Uh, okay, yeah. See, I've got, across the bottom of I've got Sky Sports. Um, <laughs> what, I can watch the football, then? <laughs> no, that's good. I mean... <laughs> So you you know to use it for some, just not for other things. Yeah, but I don't know, I don't know how I got it there, because <laughs> I've got I've got Sky Sports on there, and I've got the little Virgin Media app as well, so I can watch, like, you know, it's, it's like having an extra extra box in the bedroom now because I can watch, you yeah. know, you know, I've got that on there, but I, I don't know how I got on there. So, <laughs> so Did when you I installed the apps, um, yeah, I must have. I
0: think when you when you like. Well, when you get the Twitter app, <laughs> that that minute it's going on the taskbar. <laughs> right. Okay. That is vintage!